Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Horse podcast. And if you're looking for your horoscope, you are actually at the wrong one. That's the other Star Horse. My name is Sawyer, otherwise known as Sawyerism on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm Hannah, also known as Discount Bo-Katan on TikTok. And today we have a very unique episode in a style we haven't really done before. We're going to talk about Galaxy's Edge, and to do that, we've got two phenomenal guests. Why don't you two introduce yourselves, tell us your favorite thing about Disney World, and where we can find you on social media. Let's start with you, Craig. Okay. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Craig Conrad, uh, budget underscore Jason Statham on TikTok and Instagram, and just Craig underscore Conrad on Twitter. Um, I don't have a Facebook, uh, and my life has been so much better since I made that decision. <laughs> um, but uh, gosh, my favorite thing about Disney World, my God. Uh, I'll just say I'm a DVC member. Uh, I have been an annual pass holder and the amount of money that I have spent in the last four years going to those damn parks. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm going to have to talk to my kids and say, uh, so are we going to continue going down this road or do you want to go to college? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my parents spent all their money on Disney, and then when I got to college, they were like, well, you had a good childhood. <laughs> we had a good run, kid. <laughs> what about you, Lizzie? Um, I'm Lizzie, uh, also known as Lizzie underscore Organa on TikTok. Um, I am a Disney Pass member, um, and I have been for almost about two and a half years. Um, my favorite thing about Disney is obviously working there, uh, but also I am obsessed with Brooklyn Mickey, as you can tell, but also Galaxy's Edge has been really exciting time because I was there through the building of it and through the opening of it. It was really fun. Amazing. Um, so everyone here, I guess, has like a very special place in their heart for Galaxy's Edge. Um, and I just like, I want to talk about um, what what do you think makes it like so special like if you could name one thing that makes galaxy's edge magical magical and we'll talk about all this stuff later um in more depth but like what is the thing that keeps you coming back um i mean i guess i'll start just because i and for i really wanted to have this episode in the first place um but i for one i'm a i'm a disney pass holder and when my car works which currently it is not uh, i go pretty much once a month more if i can and i my first instinct is always go to um hollywood studios for galaxy's edge and i think the most special thing about it is that even if you aren't a star wars fan it is literally impossible not to be blown away by the immersion and the detail that has gone into building this part of the park no definitely it's, it's a very immersive experience even for people like you said that don't know anything about star wars you walk, you walk through the tunnel and you, you come out in a completely different place. You're on a whole different planet at that point. And the cast members really make it feel like you're on a whole different planet as well. And they're really, in my opinion, what makes, makes, it, make it, makes it work. Because if they were just like, hey, I'll do this, I'll do that, like, blah. But like, no, they really make, are like talking and using themed language. And it's not like, language like in Toy Story Land like hi toys no they have no idea what anything is unless it's in the Star Wars and that's really cool. I think for me um so I'm 
I'm certainly the elder statesman here on this podcast, but uh, me being a 41-year-old human being, uh, I was born in 79, which was the year before Empire came out, uh, Empire Strikes Back. And so I'm one of, uh, one of the, the older generation of Star Wars fans that I've been around. And I remember when OT was all we had. And we never thought that there was going to be more than just, um, you know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And so I remember when the prequels came out and I mean, that, that's a whole different conversation, but uh, to, to, to go from being a kid sitting on my grandparents' floor watching the behind the scenes special of uh, Return of the Jedi to being able to walk onto the planet of Batuu. Uh, when I tell you that I cried the first time that I turned the corner and saw the Millennium Falcon and, 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 and I documented it because it was such a huge moment for me. I mean, and like, you know, my brother Kevin has the Falcon tattooed on his arm, so I can't wait to take him down there and, and be able to help him share in that experience. I mean, he's going to be a f- freaking mess when he sees her for the first time because the Falcon is such a huge part of Star Wars for him. Uh, so to walk into that land. And, and, and I was lucky enough, the first time that I got to see Galaxy's Edge was at night and everything is better at Disney at night. We know this, uh, but to walk and see the spires and everything, it, it was, I was already there. I was already sucked in. But then when I saw the Falcon, it was a wrap. I, I was done. God. Yeah. I, it's, I, I really, um, I, I totally shared that experience with coming on and, and, and seeing the Falcon because I I didn't expect it. I had done no research before going to the park for the first time. And then I like walked around. And I was like, is that the, it's so big. What the heck? Like it's, right. it's, it's huge. It's in the flesh. It's in the room. I was like, hold on a minute. Um, and it, it, it was so, so, so surreal. Um, and I think that uh, the set dressing is like a huge part of why it's, so beautiful um and so like magical but i think for me what takes it like a step above um i agree with you lizzie i think it is like the cast members and in particular um those interactions i think are what separate it from like really well done beautiful theme parks um like like harry potter world at universal because i've i've been to harry potter world and galaxy's edge once each and i was a little bit younger when i went to harry potter world but i was still like an early teenager and I just like, it was cool, but it felt like I was in an amusement park. It was like, oh yeah, this is, you know, I can go and I can spend my money and buy a wand, but eh, and I guess there are things you can do, but you know, oh, if you look, that's a backdrop and oh, well, you know, the employee has like whatever their lanyard on. Um, <laughs> but uh, at Galaxy's Edge, it is a totally different um, vibe because everyone in there is like, actively getting you to play along like i um felt like i was stretching my improv muscles just being in the park like trying to be there and like i guess fit in a little bit i i was like i'm acting like this is totally like an improv exercise what's going on this is so bizarre so i think that's like it really gets you engaged actively as opposed to passively well, I think that, you know, Hannah, Hannah's only been there once, but I, um, you know, Disney was a huge part of my childhood and it's still a huge part of my, I have a Space Mountain tattoo, like, this is my life. Uh, when it's not Star Wars, it's Disney World, specifically. And, um, you know, so I know and so many other people know that what Disney does best is detail and they did not 
fuck around when they built Batu because they knew that they were catering to an audience that is so critical, but mm. also was so looking forward to that experience of being in the story. And so, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, but if you haven't, go watch it. Watch it's it. amazing to just see, like you know, that. how they build these things. And Lizzie, I'm sure you have some, I mean, do you have some stories there? Cause you worked while they were building it. Um, it was definitely a time uh, cause uh, I was in Toy Story Land while they're while they're building it, and which is right next to it. And so we would get questions all the time, all the time. And then there'd be there'd be a wall, and then slowly they'd be like, "When is this coming?" But slowly you just see things just start like building up because you can see a lot of it from the Toy Story Land. Um, but like, especially when you ride Slinky Dog, you, when you ride Slinky Dog, you can see the whole thing. And so you can just see these slowly getting built and then slowly, and then our cast entrance, um, you drive right by all of like the Galaxy's Edge stuff. And actually you, the new hotel um, they're building, the new Star Wars hotel, um, the really immersive, really expensive one they're building. Um, we drive right by it as we're going in. It's, just really, it's really cool to watch these things be built because they talk about them for so long. And then to just watch them come to life. And then the day, I remember the day they were letting cast members in was one of the best days. Because uh, it was unexpected as well. They, um, I had just gotten off of work and I was backstage and I was walking to go home. And they were like, hey, like, have you guys uh, seen uh, Galaxy's Edge yet? Because it was like, I wanted, it was just a couple weeks before opening. And we were like, no, like our preview was like, we're like, well, do you, you want to go ride the Falcon? And so we got to, I was like definitely in full Toy Story garb. <laughs> um, and I, uh, they walked us uh, through Galaxy's Edge and I got to ride the Falcon. And I think I rode it like eight times in a row before I was like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, it's really, it's a really cool experience because you see, children because a lot most people exit through you see a bunch of like children and like grown adults and they're walking out of galaxy's edge and they just have these smiles on their faces because they just their entire world has just been made you see these adults walking out with their brand new lightsabers that they just built themselves and that's a whole experience in and of itself which is phenomenal um uh, and then like you see all these little kids playing with the droids they just built and it really, it brings a smile to your face because they really, people have been waiting so long to experience this world and they finally have that chance, which is really cool. That's so amazing. Um, and I mean, you know, I don't know if you're watching Disney, but I've got four creators here who would love to give you a very positive review of your new hotel. Um, <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, but yeah, no, and, and something for me personally, every time I go, um, I see something different. It's just, I don't think that I'll ever be able to get all the detail that they've put into this park. And it's just, it's just so beautiful and so amazing. Um, but one thing that really sets it apart, and Hannah kind of touched upon this when she compared it to Harry Potter World, but the, the immersiveness and the the story that both the cast members and the Imagineers have built 
for this land is so fascinating, especially, um, you know, for me as a Star Wars, like, law person, like, that's what I do. Um, The fact that they were able to not only make this point in time or the point in time in which you go to Batuu canon, but they found their, you know, ways to work the, the planet that they've built specifically for a theme park experience into all kinds of canon Star Wars media, which is just so incredible to me. It, it makes, it literally makes your existence in Black Spire Outpost canon, um, which is just, it, it's just so cool. So I would love to talk about that for a moment because I think we've all had unique experiences with that and it's just, as, as Star Wars fans first and Disney lovers second, it's just such, it's just such an incredible experience, like addition to the experience rather. I think, um, so a little bit more background about me. I, I spend a lot of time in the car. I have an hour and 10 minute drive to work. And so I do audiobooks a lot. Um, Audible is my best friend and Mark Thompson is a god. Um, I'll just say like, uh, like I just started, um, the second high Republic book and it wasn't Mark Thompson. And I was so fucking mad. But you did the first one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I finished the first one. What did you think of Buriaga being like, Oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, great book. Uh, all of these people who are like Disney ruined star Wars. Um, <clears throat> I said, okay, again, I'm an OG star Wars fan. Look me in the eye and tell me that Disney ruined Star Wars when, when I started listening to Thrawn Alliances and Padme went to Batu to Black Spire Outpost and I had the moment of going, holy fucking shit, I've been there. When has that happened before? Answer, never. Do not talk to me about how Disney ruined Star Wars ever again. It's just so incredible that like, yeah, I mean, not only is your existence there a canon, but from what I've heard, it's like what they do basically at Galaxy's Edge, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is they play sort of the same day over and over and over. So it's almost like if you keep going back, you're having a Groundhog's Day experience. Um, So it it is like one specified, not specified in terms of this is the date and this is the year, but like one point in time in canon that like repeats itself over and over and over. Um, so you can go back and you can relive that one day in canon as many times as you want to, because it's not moving on without you. You get to like go and, um, you know, redo it whenever you want. Definitely. And I mean, things that solidify that for sure are the appearance of characters, which of course, during this time, we don't have as much and it's not quite the same. But the, you know, the stormtroopers walking through and they're there because the First Order is there. And then you have the resistance members and Chewie, who's there to, you know, scout new recruits. And, you know, sometimes you'll see Rey rocking around because she is, you know, on the lookout for force sensitives who might be able to help the resistance. And then we've got an original character who I have actually not seen more than once um, in Batu. Um, Yeah. But I did. Yes. Um, So I've seen her once um, in Florida, and then Hannah and I had an incredible experience with her in Disneyland. Oh my God. It was so great. We had, Sawyer had filled me in on who, and is it pronounced V Marathi? Because we were saying Vi. 
Um, it might be bi. Okay. Um, we were, we, she had mentioned like when we saw, you know, blue haired girl run past at one point, um, she had said, oh, that's the girl from the, the book that hasn't come out just yet. Um, her name's Vi Marathi. She's a rebel spy. I was like, oh, noted. Um, and then we were looking for like peaceful passageway, I believe it's called, where you go and you go to like the, um, the resistance encampment and you try to meet like Ray and Chewie. Um, cause we were trying to track down Ray and, um, I we were like standing sort of looking around like oh where do we go exactly and then I was like oh well there's Vimarati and her ears perk up and she turns around and she's like how do you know my name and I was like oh shit oh shit okay okay it's happening I was like uh, I don't know what to say and then Sawyer came in clutch she was like oh well we're looking to join the resistance and I was like oh my god and so it began and she was like okay well I'll, I'll train you like what do you have to bring to the to the resistance and I was like I don't have a prepared answer so I was like I'm I'm a mechanic I can fix your ships and then Sawyer was like I'm force sensitive and I'm training to be a Jedi and I was like way to one up me I guess but um <laughs> uh so but she was like, oh, well, you know, if you're a mechanic, we got to get you to Chewie. He has like an X-Wing that you can check out. There's something wrong with it. If you're a Jedi, Rey is around here sometime. We'll have to find her and bring you to her. But in the meantime, I should train you as rebels. Um, let me teach you how to be spies. Two adults in Disney World. These experiences are usually reserved for the kids, where the cast member in character takes you running around and you play pranks on the stormtroopers. Nobody knew who Vi was yet because her book was like not even out. Um, and she was like, okay, let's play a game. Let's see how close we can sneak to the stormtroopers without them noticing me. And like, can you go distract them and then I'll run past. And that we, we, we did this for like 10 minutes. It was so much fun. And then eventually she was like, okay, well, this is where I leave you. But then Chewie walks by and um, Chewie is surrounded by this huge throng of like families trying to take pictures with him. And obviously it's not the like stand and take a photo sort of place because he's walking around in character. Um, he's trying not to attract a lot of his attention to the resistance. Um, but she ushers me past the crowd and it's like, hey, Chewbacca, I, I have someone for you. And his attention turns to me and um, his handler is there and like, oh, yeah, what's what's going on? And she's like, oh, well, you know, this is a mechanic. You should take her and, and show her the X-Wing. And Chewie goes and like, you know, grabs me by the shoulder and like ushers me away from everyone else, Amazing. walks with me to the X-Wing, is talking to me in Shriwook. Is that how you pronounce it? Shriwook or Shriwook? Shriwook. Um, and like his, his handler is translating and I, like, what do you think is wrong with the X-Wing that's like smoking in the back of the of the California um, area? I was like, oh, well, I don't know. It must be the wires. And then they kept asking me like details about how I should fix it. And I was like, I'm out of ideas. I don't know. I was like, you know, some other time I'll come and I'll get a closer look. But it was so incredible. I have a photo and it's my favorite photo ever of me like talking to Chewbacca, trying to describe what's wrong with this X-Wing. He's got like his hand on my shoulder and there's like the smoking ship in the background. It's so incredible. That's amazing. And that's the kind of experience that you're not going to get anywhere. I mean, unless you're a child, because you do see the occasional experience like that in other parts of the park for children. But other than that, you're not going to get you're not going to get that anywhere else, and especially not in Harry Potter world. I'm not biased. I'm not biased. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I got to tell you, the only time that I've been as an adult to to Harry Potter world, I was so underwhelmed. I was like, this is not my thing. <laughs> um no offense to universal goers i know you love it that's totally valid but not for me um but yeah and another thing that i think 
for me, besides that experience, which is by far one of the best things that I've experienced on Batu, um, is just watching cast members interact with guests, especially those who have no idea what's going on. When Hannah and I were in Disneyland, there was a moment where we were kind of just looking around, taking it all in, and this family walked up to a cast member and they were like, well, where's the ride? And the cast member was like, what ride? And they were like, you know, the ride, where, where is it? What ride? you know the, the the attraction you know the 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 millennium falcon and the cast members are like oh well i don't know anything about a ride but there is a guy over there who's looking for some pilots uh you might want to go check that out um and of course he was talking about smugglers run because rise of the resistance was not open yet um and the whole theme of that ride is you need to help hondo onaka you know, Hondo Onaka transport solutions. <laughs> um, uh, you need to you need to get coaxium for him. So that that is the whole plot, and just seeing that interaction, or you know, standing in line to buy something, and the person is like, "Okay, you owe ninety nine point, you know, nine nine credits," um, <laughs> or you know, ordering. Or do you have any or- off planet discounts? Mm. Um, yeah. or if it's your birthday yeah. it's it's your origin day um, just such stuff like that and it's you know so minor to people or it's just rather confusing to most guests but to me and to mm-hmm. I'm assuming all of us here is just like oh absolutely yes. it's a it's yeah. a it's a point of validation mm. almost like I know what that means <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, you know, to, to see, to run into a cast member and be able to say, you know, Bright Suns or, or Tilda Spire. Uh, and, you know, and, and at certain points, you can see the cast member, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, you're in on the bit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so mm-hmm. much fun to be able to be there, even if you don't go like full in character. Like uh, my wife's best friend uh, is a pass holder and she lives in Clearwater. <clears throat> So they go, like you said, Sawyer, you know, maybe once a month or so. They're there all the time, she and her husband. And, uh, you know, she put together a, a Disney bound. And this, I think the second time that she went, she had, she had developed a full character and story for herself. And she texted us afterwards and she's like, guys, guys, it was so much better. <laughs> and it was just, you could tell she really just had a ball and, and, I'm, and I don't know that, you know, every cast member would bring the type of energy that, you know, we've talked about some of the experiences that we've had, um, you know, like probably one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that I've had happen was the day that I got harassed by the First Order Stormtroopers. It was at nighttime. You got detained? I got detained. Oh, that's my life dream. Because of this. Oh so, my God. If you are like me and you are a guy with a whole ass Rebel Alliance uh, starbird on your arm, make sure that the First Order sees it. <laughs> uh, so I was, it was, it was nighttime. It was actually, I think it might have been the first night that I was ever, no, it was the second night because the night that we flew in, this was the March trip. So March of, of 2020, um, we flew in, we got to the hotel, uh, we, we were staying at Old Key West actually. And so my wife was tired and she was like, I'm just going to lay down. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to Galaxy's Edge right now. That's happening. And so the kids and I 
took off. And that was, you know, the, the night that I talked about earlier where I was like, you know, angels were singing and I was crying because I'm looking at the fucking Millennium Falcon right in front of me in life size. It's right there. Uh, but it was the it was the following night, I think. I went with my brother-in-law. And so we're walking around and, you know, two force and again, this is pre-COVID. So, you know, there was there was people interaction happening. Literally um, right before COVID. You and I were there at the same time. We just didn't know each other yet. Yeah, matter of fact. Um, yeah, it was so we were there. Uh, I think we left like the 14th. So it was like the week before the world shut down. Um you know, oh, but, I do. So, <laughs> right, right. So, you know, there's there's two storm troopers, uh, two tor- storm troopers walking. Sorry, I'm so excited. I'm starting to stutter. It was such <laughs> a fun, fun thing to experience. Um, and and I, I walked up to them, and I like I didn't like go, ha, I'm a rebel. Um, you know, but they they were so intrinsic with their interactions. They, you know, noticed me and came over and started to talk to me. And so, you know, I'm standing there and like very casually, I'm like, uh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And, um, and then, you know, the one of them noticed and he comes and he grabs my arm and he you know, starts talking to the other one. And it was, it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, so I, I kind of stood my ground and I, and I, you know, talked back, you know, talked back at them. And, you know, of course they backed down because, it, you know, if, if we were looking at a real life situation in a Star Wars universe, they would have blastered me right in the face, but they can't do that with guests who are paying to have a good experience <laughs> at the park. <laughs> Wait, so you were talking about how, you know, they, they're, they're handsy pre-COVID. Lizzie, you've been there, I know, like pretty recently post-COVID. How is it yeah. different? Yes, I was actually there this past Monday. Um, and obviously everyone's wearing masks, except for the the characters, like they don't they not wear masks. Um, which, which I, I do feel some type of way about, I'm gonna be honest. I yes, I don't exactly agree with the decision for the characters to not wear masks. Um, but that's another point for another time for point for another time. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, they try to keep people as safe as possible. Uh, with the character interactions, the characters are never out for, I would say, longer than five to eight minutes. Because as soon as somebody sees a character, everyone starts rushing over there. And so it gets so it gets to the point where that character now has to leave because there's too many people clumped up together. However, the characters never walk, don't walk around anymore. They stand in specific spots. And they do their patrolling there, uh, like Ray, Chewbacca, and Vi. Uh, they do over in the resistance area, basically standing um, over right in front of uh, Doc Ondar's in that area. Um, and so they stand up there and they basically just look down on the crowd and like wave at everybody. Um, and Kylo and the troopers sneak over by his Tie Fighter. Uh, he basically he they walk out of the Tie Fighter and then they there's like a barricade up and you can't go past. You think about that and they, they just stay up there but they like call people up to like take a photo with them if they need be or like to like you like here now like with like their things but other than that, it's, it's it's nice but it's not the same if that makes any sense obviously nothing's going to be the same um but they are doing something i i am still waiting for them to bring back more, more entertainment um uh, but how that goes Yeah, I mean, it, it's in terms of the characters not wearing a mask, I'm thinking about it. It would just be like Ray and Vi, right? Because everyone else kind of has a helmet situation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so are people yeah. allowed to, like, are they in, I guess th- they are, like, physically distant all the time, so people yeah, are not you, allowed you to get with them? You cannot approach them. They are, okay. like, um, no, yeah. right there at, at the uh, at the first order ship area. It, it's like a, a raised proscenium. It's it's not even just, like, a rope barrier. Like, it's a stage. You, yeah, you there's a whole... Like, if you were going to jump up there and approach Kylo Ren, you're going to get kicked out of the park and lose your ability to come back. Like, it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not a situation where the twain can meet. Gotcha. Because I was there in December as well, and I got a couple pictures of, uh, like, Ray and Chewie. I mean, they're, like, 10 feet up. Like, you oh, can't okay. come yeah. get rid of them. Yeah, no, I think that, like, like... Right in front of you. They're, like, up on a platform yeah. to where, like, they cannot... So where they used to come down into this little area, they don't come down into the little area anymore. They're only up on the platform. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think that platform, like, exists in California where I went, so that's where, like, the mental confusion was for me. Because um, I remember that yeah. Kylo's, you know, ship or his transport or whatever out there, I totally remember that um, being there. But <laughs> I was like, wait, where where could they even hide because in california it's i guess it's just like a condensed version of the florida one i've never you know been so i couldn't say for sure but sawyer you've been to both like what is the difference yeah i mean the thing about disneyland park itself it's very small and it was always intended to be that way they didn't they they built it in a city you know they built it where they didn't have a lot of space uh whereas when they built disney world they bought out so much land that was unused and so they were able to spread it out more um and so that's a bit reflected in uh, they're virtually identical in the sense of where well where things are sort of and uh you know with minor differences like the entrance i would argue that the entrance the main entrance in disney world you know is far better and gives way much more of an immersion experience than the one in Disneyland um, because um, in Hollywood Studios you are exiting through a New York City substation and entering you know that turns into a cave that brings you into Batu, and so that transition is much more seamless I think than going from uh, Big Thunder Mountain to the wildest ride in the wilderness right, and then exactly. you go through a hole in a rock um, and, and the color schemes are a bit different to fit um, the natural wildlife of both places. Um, but for the most part, they're the same. I would say, though, that I do have a better experience in the, the world because it's just more spaced out and it feels a bit more natural. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, it, those are the biggest differences, with the exception of a couple of, like, there might be a couple droids that aren't... Um, in florida or there might be a couple i think there's a ship that isn't in disneyland um but they're virtually the same and i mean they've got all the important parts are there (laughs) um oh in terms of actually i'm thinking of the droids that you mentioned i i guess are those not in florida the ones where you could like control with your phone no they are there it's just not there's a couple of droids that like around that are different i think gotcha well i wanted to talk about the um the the data pad aspect of um the park because that's one that i mean you know we spent one day there and we started out doing all the data pad stuff and then we sort of like lost steam halfway in because we got like fully immersed into these like character experiences um so Mm -hmm. does anyone like have any strong feelings about um the mobile tie-in i wish phone batteries lasted longer (laughs) (laughs) very true this is why fuel rods exist this is not 
<laughs> uh, yes, but fuel rods are like 30 bucks. So. But you can exchange them for free. Uh, 30 bucks. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, people do buy them. I think that it's, I, I kind of wish that, you know, with the data pad feature, they, it was supposedly going to be um, some, there was going to be some kind of tie in with the cast members, um, which I have not personally experienced. I don't know if that's still a thing or if it's supposed to be a thing, but that is what I had originally heard. So I would like to see, and I mean, they have the technology there. They have perfect opportunity to fix that. And, you know, um, I do think um, <clears throat> perhaps that's just a matter of, you know, the certain cast members that are working um and they don't do anything to advertise the datapad thing anymore at least as far as i'm aware um i do think it's kind of cool but i would like to see more character interaction i or uh, cast member interaction um with it um and just more i mean you know yes there are people who work in galaxy's edge who love it who want to be part of the story who want you know every little bit of immersion that they could possibly offer. But I've also run into cast members that are not about it. Um, there was one guy, uh, the last time I was there, I think was October. And I had just like in the park that day, I hit 10K on, on TikTok. And I was so excited. And um, I really felt like I mattered. <laughs> online and it was just a good experience for me and I was eating at Dogging Bay 7 um which is like my favorite quick service in all of Disney and uh he saw me filming a video because I was doing a food review and he was like oh were you an influencer and I was like well yes but like only for Star Wars and I feel like he should have taken that as a warning uh but he didn't and so I went on and I was eating um you know, my favorite dish, which is the Cardi ribs. And for those of you who did not know, and I'm not expecting any of you to know this, Cardu are the like reptilian horses that the Gungans ride in the end of the Phantom Menace. Um, and so I told this guy, I was like, did you know that these are reptiles? I am eating a reptile, but it tastes strangely, strangely like pork. And the guy just was like, Huh? <laughs> and you know so sometimes they do run into cast members who aren't about it um but i think that is something that could easily be corrected lord knows that disney is is very thorough usually when it comes to training i'm sure you've you you know that lizzie i have no idea but i've heard that the disney oh, yeah. standard is quite something <laughs> Yes, I know. Even to get uh, to get to go work at Galaxy's Edge when it first opened, it was a whole process. You, it wasn't like um, it wasn't like a normal and like transfer process within Disney. Like usually, when we transfer within, you just put in like a transfer online. But for Galaxy's Edge, you had to go through like a multiple interview process. You had to talk like you had to basically like tell like tell them your story. Um, and convince them on to why you deserve to work um, in Galaxy's Edge. And I didn't go through the inter interview process myself, um, but I had a lot of friends that did. And I had friends, I had a lot of friends that made it and some friends that didn't. But it was definitely, when they were first starting out, it was definitely, they vetted a lot of people. They were, they were very intense on who they were letting in. 
And I think part of it, um, you know, part of that one experience that I did have in October is um, because in the times that I have gone during COVID, there's a lot of transferring that's happened, not because Mm -hmm. of anything in particular, other than they just need places for these people to stay employed. Um, So I, 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 I don't hold it against him, but I think he could have been at least a little bit more like, yeah. Um, but I do think it was a transfer so I I don't hold it against him but um, I mean nowhere else in the parks are you gonna get an experience like that and it's just like like we've been saying this whole time I mean the attention to detail the wanting you to feel like you are in the story um, especially with Rise of the Resistance I mean good lord (laughs) that that ride is built on incorporating you into the story and no spoilers because hannah hasn't experienced it yet um i know well i was supposed to go the week the world shut down my spring break i was supposed to go with sawyer to you know galaxy's edge and disney world and i like like the day before i was supposed to get on a plane and go um disney world shut down yeah i feel that i almost didn't get to ride it before i left because uh, as a lot, like as soon as Rise of Resistance opened, they blocked out cast members. Cast members were not allowed in the parks until literally two weeks ago. Wow. Um, it was a, literally two weeks ago was when cast members were finally let back into Hollywood Studios. Um, we've been blocked out since December of 2019. Um, and the only reason that I was allowed back in, it was the very last day the parks were open. And I... Uh, was like going home and all of this. And I was very um, upset, but then they were saying they're letting, they're gonna let cast members in. And so I was like, I don't even care about riding rides. I just wanna go experience the park because I haven't been there for so long. And then um, at the end of the night, they actually had a, they were, they were so nice. They shut down rides early that night. I think they shut down like six, which they've been doing. But then they started letting cast members ride after they had like stopped letting um, guests in so that they experienced, because we've been telling guests, oh my God, you should ride this ride. It's so amazing. But people are like, oh, what's it like? I have no idea. <laughs> I cannot tell you anything about the ride other than what I've heard from other guests. Did you have you- But then once you- we were finally in Malala. What was that? Oh, I was just going to say, have you had a chance to ride Mickey and Minnie's? Basically, what I was saying is I wrote it that night for the first time, and it was phenomenal. And then I actually just wrote it this past Monday, and uh, still phenomenal. It is very different, obviously, with the COVID precautions and everything, uh, but they're still terrifying. Uh, the, the, the cast members that work in Rise of the Resistance are insane. Absolutely insane. I love it over there. Um. Yeah, I mean, the only other, like, sort of that I can think is where cast members have to play a part is, like, Tower of Terror and Haunted Mansion. Uh, Still not the same, you know. That's, you know, they're they're no nonsense over at Rise of the Resistance. But, um, I mean, talk about an experience, you know. Spoiler-free review, best theme park experience in the world. Hands down. (laughs) Absolutely. The um, way that I like to, because people ask me, because they know, because I've, I've ridden ride, I've ridden rides three times now. Um, I got to ride it twice in March, and then I got to ride it once in December when I was there a couple months ago. 
and everybody's like, uh, so what's the best? And I say, okay, this is the way I, I have three top rides. Soren around the world is my favorite ride. Yes. Sawyer wouldn't let us go on it. I she hate hates it. Ride. We uh, read the Incredicoaster like five times instead. Wonderful ride. Uh, so Soren around the world is my favorite ride. Um, Flight of Passage is the best ride. Rise of, the, uh, Rise of the Resistance is the most immersive experience you will ever have at a theme park up to this point in history. Um, just the way that, and, and I, I don't want to give anything away. So, I mean, Hannah, have you watched any of the POVs or anything? I've intentionally avoided it because oh. I, the only thing that I've seen is the, the Hux and Kylo animatronics kind of talking to each other as you like kind of go yeah. past and so, I want to know no more. I'm like trying to keep okay. myself clean. All right. Well, you should probably avoid my Instagram highlights because my entire walkthrough and ride through from December is in my highlights. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and I mean, and, and, and they, it's not like they're like, they put the phone away. Um, I mean, it's, it is the most, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. And again, I'm not going to give you a point of reference, but there was one point when we were standing in queue and this was pre-COVID, this was the March trip. Um, you are standing in a line somewhere that is no longer Orlando. And there was a young boy in the line right next to us. Oh, and he looked at his dad and said, dad, how are we gonna get back to Disney? And he was wholly fucking serious about asking that question. It is that realistic and immersive. You're not in Orlando anymore when that happens. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. And that's, I think that's something that we will remember fondly for the rest of our days because we were equally mind jobbed about the whole thing. We're like, oh my God, what is going on? And this little boy, completely honestly asked his father how he was how they were going to get back to earth like it was it was unbelievable but Amazing. it is that immersive and it is that realistic it is so incredible that's awesome that's so freaking cool um yeah what a great story i mean it's something that goes back that that brings me back to that idea of like you being able to relive the same day over and over every time you go and it's different every time like the yeah. stories that are coming out of this story are just you know you, you really you can't find that anywhere else and it's just you know you listen to me babble on about how much I love this place but <laughs> Well, and it's I mean, I think that a, a large part of that not only is how much we love it, but also that there are people who are going to ensure that you have the best time possible. For example, um, Sawyer and I had this amazing experience with a cast member um, towards the end of the day. We, we spent like one day at um, uh, California Adventure, one day at Disneyland proper, and then one day just reserved for Galaxy's Edge. And um we were, it was like nighttime. We had already seen the fireworks show once or twice from like, or I, I think it was just the once um, from where you're supposed to um, from regular Disney, you know, standing in front of the castle and like that huge crowd. Um, I'm sure never happens now because uh, they've stopped the fireworks because can't have a crowd. But um, it was a, uh, it, it was like getting late sort of. And um, this one lady who was standing around sort of by the Falcon um, where there are these like mountains that sort of obstruct the rest of the park from your view. 
Um, and she was like, oh, come back here. They're going to put down a line right here when the fireworks show starts. I will make sure you will get pictures um, with the fireworks. It it'll be so great. And we were like, oh my God, okay. We went and we rode Smuggler's Run. And like by that time, it was like starting to get dark. Um, it, like, it, you know, it was about firework time. So it starts happening and there's a family taking pictures um, with, you know, the, the photographer. And we had like the, the photo pass where you can have as many photos as you want type situation. Um, and we found the cast member and we were like, hey, we're here. And she's like, oh, great. So she called the photographer over. He spent, after he got that one family in, he spent like the, the, the entire finale of the fireworks show with it's us sitting on the ground, the, the mountains of Batu, the fireworks, and the falcon. I want it framed. And there are so many. It's, he took like about a hundred pictures of that because he was like, I got to get the right one where there's like the most light and the least smoke. And I was like, this is insane. It was literally incredible. Yeah, it, it, it just beautiful. Beautiful that. picture. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we got like 89 photos or something from that <laughs> one sitting. Um, and in that case, the photo pass is worth it because in, Di in Disneyland, you have to buy it on top. There's no kind of like uh, deal that you can do. Like it's a completely separate like ticketed thing. Um, totally worth it, especially in Disneyland because they actually are a lot more lenient with what they can do with pictures there for some reason. I think that's just because it's um, lower traffic. Um, <clears throat> but yes, uh, again, another incredible experience uh, that you could only have at some place as magical as truly magical, you know, magic, most magical place on earth. No, <laughs> most magical place in the galaxy. Vibe. Whoa. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, we haven't even talked about um, hoogas. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't know. Oh, like I, I don't know if this can't just be me, but like I think the most Star Wars thing almost about Batu is the cantina. Like it's oh god, I've only been in that twice. Not enough. Like I think about. Well, I've, I've done August twice myself. Um, everyone is right always now. yeah. It's just so good. Everyone is always you know I'm gonna be 21 this year, and I everyone is always like oh you love Disney you're gonna do. Uh, you know, you're going to drink around the world. And I'm like, no, I'm going to Batu right away. Because <laughs> um, <clears throat> Epcot is my least favorite park. Um, you know, contrary to, you know, that's kind of like a controversial take, but it is my least favorite park. So uh, I'll do it eventually. But no, my priority is both <laughs> Trader Sam's and um, and, and Batu. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the DJ, the little robot DJ who was originally DJ I love I him. I literally love that I guy. Love him so much. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's jamming so out. He's, he's just in there making his music and you just look up, you have your drink and you're like, thank you, DJ Ram. <laughs> and I just love how some of the drinks, um, like, you, you'll order one and they'll be like, just letting you know, this is not normally made for humans, so be careful. Like, oh, I love it. The first time that I was at Ogas, somebody ordered, um, there's, there's a beer flight called the mm -hmm. Rancor. And uh, I don't know, have, have 
any of you experienced what happens when somebody orders? Yes. Like I, I have. The whole I'm not aware. It was crazy. They're rancor, rancor, and it was so much fun. Yeah, what is the, that drink like what's special about is it huge well it's a flight and they all come in little like like, like rancor teeth, teeth yeah. yeah oh wow yeah, so it's it, really cool. it, yeah it, it's a beer I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a beer flight right yeah it is okay yeah. Well, is it, is a flight it, of some sort is it beer or is it is it whiskey no i think it's beer i i would think it would be beer i don't know um i mean uh, a, a, well i'm trying to think like a whiskey oh. flight. My dogs are being assholes. I, I apologize. <laughs> I mean, they do exist in Ireland. I can guarantee you. That. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, seen I'm them. To think of like because I, I've got so uh, we have two of the pork mugs and we have two of the Endor mugs, and um, it actually took us two trips to get the two Endor mugs that we have because. As of March 11th, I will have been sober for two years. So I've never been one to partake in alcohol since I've been able to go to the planet of Batu. Uh, so the first time that we went to Oga's, my wife got the drink that comes in the Endor mug. And then when we went again a month and a half ago, she got the other one. And I'm like, yes, we finally have two of these. <laughs> um, but uh, like, I'm trying to think like when I did still drink and we went to Disney, like I got a sake flight at Morimoto. And so I know how expensive that was. And so like a flight of four different whiskeys also in the souvenir apparatus that you get in Galaxy's Edge. I mean, it would have, I'm, I'm sure that a whiskey flight Rancor would be like $80. I mean, it probably, yeah, so um, probably a beer flight. Yeah, I was just, I, I was thinking about the teeth and I was like, I, I for some reason I remember them being really small, uh, but then I guess probably not, I'm remembering incorrectly. But either way, it's still very cool. And yeah. not only that, but all the beers and the cider, the wine is obviously from Sky, Skywalker Vineyards. That's been a thing for a while, yeah. but they, they went to all these local breweries in Orlando and in, in Anaheim to make special star yeah. wars beer it's just like what? yeah and lizzie have you had the fuzzy tauntaun have i yes yes um it does make your mouth tingle it is a very interesting experience um it's very citrusy i would say you would uh, like it Hannah. but you, you get it and it's just like bubbly on top and then you put it in your mouth and you're like oh i don't know how to feel about this but then you can't stop drinking it either because <laughs> at first you're like scared and then you're like wait maybe i don't know my favorite thing to get there is they have little uh jello shot things they're like little petri dishes they have an alcoholic version and a non-alcoholic version um but they're like little jello shots they have like dried fruit um pop rocks and there's like other yeah it's really cool that's my favorite thing to get there oh my god and the i think problem oh sorry no go ahead i was just gonna say the only problem is it's two drinks per person <laughs> but yeah well i think we have we would be remiss um, well, I think we would be remiss to not talk about the um the blue milk of course I think that is what the heck is that stuff why is it that consistency why is it fruity it's so strange and it's like non-dairy 
I haven't had the green milk. I've only had the blue, but like, what the heck is going on there? Of course, a it's not series Mary. of questionable choices were made in <laughs> the development. I think of the green and blue milk. <laughs> I do. I do kind of wish she hadn't brought up the consistency because my mind goes one place specifically that I never wanted to go again. But uh, uh, such is the life of an adult, I suppose. Um, but uh, they, obviously, it's non-dairy, so that everyone can enjoy it. Um, I love the green milk, actually. Um, I, I do I not like care. Well. I've not cared. I don't care for the blue one. It's too sweet for me. Um, the the green has a very much more like herbal, fruity, like mm. uh, floweriness to it. That's a lot it's more very enjoyable. Um, but you, lo- I, I seem to remember you liking the blue milk, Anna. I did. I liked it, but it was so weird. Like I enjoyed it because it was like, oh, this is interesting. But I, you know, like, I, I don't know that I'd get it again. Um, just because it was such like a, I guess, a tactile experience on my tongue that I was like, Ooh. <laughs> So, so this is my thing. Why would I suffer through blue milk when I know that I could just go over to Pandora and get a night blossom instead? Like, <laughs> those look so gross. It's, sorry, but they're but... delicious. I love the I love the night blossom. The night blossom is so good, blossom. and it's it's the prettiest drink on property. Like it's the most Instagrammable drink. I just it's feel I'm, I'm so iffy on Pandora as like it's beautiful, but also it feels wrong to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I do I the I finally ate at at the. Uh, canteen there like oh, Julie so is the um, best it's, quick it's service great. On property. Um, it's so good I I prefer I do prefer docking Bay seven but I think they're pretty on par with each other in terms of like quality and yeah. price obviously um but that I just just because we've we started talking about the drinks what is everyone's favorite food in galaxy's edge Ronto wrap. yeah it's got to be the Ronto wrap they are good aren't they Hannah, do you remember what we ate? I don't remember, to be honest. I think there was like a cornbread situation going on. Yeah. I got so much of it is pork, and I don't eat pork. So I was like, Did you get the tip yip, the chicken? No, you don't like chicken. I don't like chicken, eat? and I don't eat pork. I, I think there was something that was beef. There had to there, have been something. There is, there is something. Hold on. Either they used to, but there was something with beef. Well, I feel like it was like a bantha there. thing. I don't know. No, there's not a bantha. I mean, I was they, they did have shrimp salad, but I don't think. You oh no! That. You know what? I got I got like a vegetarian thing. That oh, that must have been oh, it. Yeah, they do have it. Yeah, it was um, like a Greek salad type situation or something like that. Falafel, falafel, something like that. Yeah, it sounds right. I don't know. Um, I only get the pork actually <laughs> when I eat a docking bay. I love the cardi ribs; are so good. And you're right, there is a cornbread muffin that comes with it. Um. Which is an interesting like flavor combination, but it's it's very good in my opinion. But can't go wrong with the Ronto wrap, which is not something you can eat, Hannah, because I think it is all pork. But yeah. what is in the Ronto wrap? I'm. It's I think a sausage patty, a sausage, mm-hmm. a coleslaw, and like on a pita bread. I don't know how to, and I hate coleslaw. I hate it. Like I, I've never had a coleslaw that I particularly enjoyed. It's so good. I don't know what it is. Like it's just tasty. It's phenomenal. 
See, I haven't had the regular lunchtime Ronto wrap. I had the breakfast Ronto wrap, which there's an egg, like a like a scrambled egg, um, you know, situation in there. Uh, it was it was quite good, but I do look forward to having the the actual regular Ronto wrap next time I'm there. Yeah, um, and I've had I had like the breakfast combination at Docking Bay once I think, uh, with like the Mustafari and lava roll and whatnot. And I also have the cookbook, um, which uh, has actually it does have a version of the Ronto wrap. I don't think I'll ever make it because I know it's not going to taste the same, um, but. Um, that book is awesome as well. Another tie-in to bringing like canon food, canon foods into real world. Um, and there's cocktails that you can make if you're not of age yet to drink there. Um, <laughs> um, but again, just another, you know, having, it really upset me when, like I get it, but it really upset me when they, for a time, got rid of the Star Wars names in place of, you know, chicken and pork um luckily now i think what it is is they have the name and then underneath it says like chicken or pork that's what um, i recall it being when we went because i i wouldn't have i would have like accidentally ordered some kind of pork if if not for that like i'm sure that on the menu it's not small. made as clear mm-hmm. like i think now it's like cardio ribs in parentheses pork um which is a lot better than what it was before because it was just like pork ribs and that's not the same for me personally um but just so good every single last detail of this place is amazing which i mean i i think that brings me to something you know we've we've done so much talking about how great it is i don't know if you guys are in the loop with disney as much as you know probably craig and i are um, but lately I've seen some re- weird rumors about Galaxy's Edge and whether or not it's becoming something else. Well, not changing like the land so much as the story. Um, Lizzie, do you know anything about that? <laughs> I actually do not know anything about it. I mean, I know like the rumors that are going around, but basically what I'm, what I I think is going on is people are upset about the sequel um, and they're upset that the Star Wars land is based in the sequel because obviously it's based in between eight and nine and so they're like well nine sucks so this land didn't exist (laughs) Um, but um, I do I mean I think there is room for growth I do think that Disney kind of put their like just kind of like stuck himself there by making it a themed land in a specific time period. Um, but uh, I, I personally enjoy it. Um, I don't think they're going to change it. Um, if they do, it'll be a very long time before they do that because they just built it. They're still, it's still massively popular. The only way I can see Disney changing the theming is if any, if it just dies down. Um, and people aren't interested anymore, but I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I don't see any, I mean, I can see where people are coming from, but I think it's really just people starting a rumor because they're butthurt. And, and we they see to so much of that in all mm-hmm. areas of the fandom yeah. um, when it comes to the sequels. But for me personally, when I heard that stuff, I was like, Disney 
spent first of all they they bought star wars for four billion dollars four billion dollars second they spent millions upon millions of dollars to build this place in two different states right yeah they did not do this with the intention of just scrapping the whole story and they're building this hotel, which is part of it's, you know, been described as a cruise experience, you know, kind of, because you can only book three, five or seven day stays. And part of your trip is an excursion to Batu, like a cruise. That is how they're building this hotel. So no, they're not gonna, they can't wreck on everything. And I mean, we've got rise of the resistance. Like we've got, it, what what is it? You're going to turn it into Rise of the Rebellion? It will not be the same. We're not going to go in a little ride on the Death Star because that's not, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what? so I mean, just the amount of money that they would have to spend to undo everything and amount, you know, all the rearranging they would have to do because then the capacity would be smaller in that park again. And it just, the logistics of it doesn't make any sense. However, and I don't know if I'm alone in in thinking this, but one of the rumors was that they were going to add different story options to Smuggler's Run, um, like different ride experiences. So I don't know, like, do you mean different time periods or like possibly, but just, you know, like Star Tours, you're saying? Yes, kind of. So Hannah, have you have you written Star Tours? I have. I read it. I read it, wrote it. I wrote it once. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, so if you've only written it once, then you've only experienced one story. Um, We got a rare one, I think. I think we got Vader or something. Okay. Well, the cool thing about Star Tours is, well, (laughs) the cool thing about Star Tours is you can walk right on it now, now that um, Galaxy's Edge is there because nobody cares about Star Tours anymore. But uh, being that it's a completely virtual experience, much like Smuggler's Run, uh, you know, you could wind up in one of, uh, Lizzie, how, do you know how many storylines are even on Star Tours at this point? Because it was up to like six or eight, I think. Oh, they have so many. Since the, I know since the sequels, oh, they have like, I want to say, it's a lot now. Yeah. They, they added, it's, I know they didn't want to, when they first opened, they didn't have a lot. Then they added some, um, but like with the, I know when the sequels, they added a whole bunch of different storylines to Star Wars. Uh, Google says 54 possible trips. 54? What? Jeez. Holy crap. Well, and like right after The Last Jedi came out, they added the Salt Planet to Star mm-hmm. Tours, which and I then, thought was really cool. Now, the last addition they made was Exegol. Which I thought was really cool. Um, and I hate, I hate that ride. It, you know, it's like once I turned eighteen, all like motion rides made me sick, and I was like, oh, I guess this is I'm getting old. <laughs> um, I imagine do not have me, Imagine me having a daughter who loves to ride Mission Space Orange, and I'm the only one in the family that'll do it with her. And every time it gets a little worse. <laughs> uh, never, never done it. Never will. No interest. I would, I, it, it's not suggestible. It's not something that I think you would enjoy at all. Awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, and for me, I guess I see if, if they want. You know, there's a lot of talk about adding Mandalorian things because that's such a successful venture for yeah. them. Um, I don't think it would have 
too much harm if they were to add some kind of Mando adventure to the Falcon. They would have to incorporate the Falcon in there somehow. That's but... that's the thing. Like there, there's not a lot of corollary between right um, uh, and, and Falcon. And... And, and Hondo, the shit that these people actually like, right? Um, but Hondo is Hondo, and so you know he kind of appears everywhere. So I, I feel like they could, if they really wanted to. It's literally a video game. That is, how but it would take you out of the time period, wouldn't it? Right. It, it that would, kind of ruins the magic. I think. I think it would. Mm, where I'm at. Yes, but I think that if they really, really felt a need to do it, that would be a relatively harmless way to do it. Um. Because it's literally a video game, it would not take long for them to program. I mean, there, there's Chewy mode, which I've not yet had the opportunity to experience. Um, you know, they had the option to change some of that stuff or reprogram it or add a program. So I can see them adding new adventures, um, maybe even within the canon timeline. But, you know, they, there was talk of like adding a Mando and a Baby Yoda meet and greet and all that. And I just, it doesn't make any sense. And I just... No, yeah. I think the closest thing we're going to get to the Mandalorian in Galaxy's Edge is going to be the TIE Fighters that they have in Galaxy's Edge, which is was from the Mandalorian. It's the actual prop they used in the Mandalorian. I think that's the closest thing we're going to get right. to the Mandalorian in um, Galaxy's Edge. But, I mean, they could put something outside. Do you think, Edge. I mean, are they, are, are, are they still using Launch Bay? I wasn't sure if that's... They were um, no, currently not. It's, it's yeah, uh, rest area right now. Because um, a couple people had said, oh, maybe they'll put like a meet and greet there. Um, I would prefer that they bring back the Drawing Academy. I know it's at Art of Animation, but it's not as cool as it used to be. Um, well, like speaking the- of, I, I guess, little attractions in it, I just wanted to mention that we have yet to talk about something that I know that Sawyer and I have not yet experienced before we stray too far from the path because Soggy's workshop and like the droid place Sawyer and I have never been in there before we before we get too far into the the Disney world as a whole chatter I just I want to I, I need to know more about these places because I've not set foot in there I totally yeah <laughs> probably because I haven't done it yet um I mean, I think you both, Craig and Lizzie, you've done the lightsaber thing. Is that correct? Um, I have not personally done the lightsabers, um, but I have seen somebody else do it. Um, but I have personally built a droid. Oh, I haven't done the lightsaber. Tell us about the droid thing. Is it like, it, it seems very Build-A-Bear to me from the outside. Is it like it's that? Very, it is very Build-A-Bear and it's, it's a very it's, you're not completely building a droid. It's very much, you pick a piece, you pick up like, I think it's like six different pieces and you can pick any color you want. So you can make your droid and you can have an R unit or a BB unit. Um, I made a BB unit. Um, basically you pick the body, you pick the head and pick a bunch of different pieces. Um, and then you, you, screw, you, you take them to a station. You put all your stuff in a little tray, you take it to a station. Um, and then you you put it all together like you do like like put stuff together it's not like you're like sticking it you do like screw things together and all of that um, and then you put it um, in a little I, I don't know how to describe it a little tray thing yeah. uh, that basically gives it it gives it its life um, and I freeze I think I froze you did freeze we can hear you but okay. you were visual okay <laughs> um 
but basically you put it in there and then basically it makes its battery charge and it connects it to its remote. And then you have the remote and then you can basically control that droid. Um, they also give you a little waterproof backpack. You can buy it, uh, a little waterproof backpack to carry it in. It's a really cool experience. Um, and I, th- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's like different personalities you can give your yeah. droid. Mm-hmm. You have little, little personality chips. Um, but you can you, you can buy different ones and you put them in um, however like you want them to like be that day. Oh, and Craig, I guess you were the only one who has done savvies, and I saw you come bring your health. So show them I was to like, us. wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I was I was able to do savvies pre-COVID. Um, I think they have reopened it, but the entertainment is not the same. So. I would say if you are going to pay $200 to build a lightsaber, wait until this shit is over and they bring back the entertainment uh, portion of it uh, because it was amazing. Again, I cried more than once during the ceremony um, because they have uh, kind of a head gatherer uh, and ours was awesome. She was so good. Like that right there became my instant dream job at Disney was to be the gatherer telling the story at Savi's workshop. It's so amazing. Um, but so they go through and, uh, you know, they, they say, okay, you're going to pick a kyber crystal and you can pick either green, blue, red, or purple in the, in the uh, workshop itself. And then if you go to Doc Ondar's, uh, you can also purchase a white or a yellow. So I have all, all six colors. Um, but this is my son's. Uh, he built the power and control, which is obviously the Sith um, variety and the way that uh, they they set the whole kit out in front of you and hold on I'll show you what and describe the... it a little bit for people who are on Spotify oh okay so it um, it comes with you can choose uh, two, one of two emitters uh, one of two activator switches and uh, two of four grips uh, so this, uh, for those of you who can see, this is the plastic chassis, uh, which is, I think a lot of people were like, oh, it looks so cheap, you know, but this, this, this internal chassis is where all the electronics are. And this is the only part of the lightsaber that is plastic. It's got the kyber crystal chamber right here. Uh, so as you are selecting and building your saber, uh, everything starts to go together. So you first put on the activator switch and then you can screw your bottom grip on and you just kind of the the cast members are really great they don't rush you through it they're there to help um because it you know it doesn't always go together right right away uh but so this was the power and control uh lightsaber that my son built and it's got a red crystal loaded into it oh does it make that sound every time you put it together yes that's incredible um so this is my son's red saber and you can hear each of the crystals will emit a different sound so this has a nice deep hum uh being that it's a red saber or a red crystal now i believe i have my green crystal in mine uh mine i built peace and justice uh which is kind of the classic jedi look uh there's also elemental nature uh, and there's also um, protection and defense. Protection and defense is the one that 
kind of sort of looks old Republic-y. Uh, it has like some flurets on it and it has a lot more brass work or looking like brass work on it. Um, I initially was going to build that one, but then everybody built that one. And so I was kind of like, well, I don't want to have the exact, I'm not going to go down and pay 200 bucks and walk out with the same fucking lightsaber that I've seen 27 other people put together. So I was under the impression that you could kind of mix and match pieces. Is that not true? There's only like a few looks? You cannot go kit to kit. So Mm. if you are building a protection and defense, you have, you know, four grips that you can pick two of. Ah pommels you have uh two emitters and two activation switches you could put those together in whatever configuration you want but you unless you are building two lightsabers and getting into it for four hundred dollars uh then you know you can't like because my son and i both have them i could make some match parts but that's only because i bought two lightsabers um, um so- I, I did just look it up just for because i wanted i was trying to see how many combinations there are because a lot um but it looks like you can buy extra parts like outside the shop that kind of comes and goes um when they first uh when they first opened you couldn't do that like it was the 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 kit that you build is the kit that you build uh and then after that they kind of opened it up where you could buy oh and, and another fun thing is you don't go through galaxy's edge and be like hey so where do i build the lightsaber because lightsabers are contraband because Batu is run by the first order. Mm. Uh, so what you do is you would ask a cast member, um, Hey, do you know where I could get my hands on some scrap metal? Because scrap metal is what, what, what makes a lightsaber. My dog is barking again. Uh, <laughs> so yes, I do have my green crystal in here. So you can hear it's a little bit lighter. It's not quite as deep. Mm. Um, the purple crystal is very is a very very deep hum, um, and and again I just I can't I can't emphasize enough what a phenomenal experience it was to go through that ceremony and um, you know I mean you you hear Master Yoda talk right before you uh, right before you activate your lightsabers and um hannah i'll send you i i, I put together a little because my daughter recorded the whole thing so there's my son was building here on the end and then i was building next to him and she was there with us and and she rec- recorded the whole you know 10 or 12 minute ceremony uh but i put together Enough. sorry my quiet. dogs again um quiet they love to bark at literally nothing it's it's awesome. I love it when this happens. We just got a third dog, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, as far as I'm aware, I don't think he's barked yet. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've kind of been on the fence about it for a while. Like at first I was like, I don't need to spend that much money for a lightsaber. But the more Anything. I hear about it, <laughs> the more that people are like, no, this is the quintessential Star Wars fan experience. So it really is. I will for sure go ahead i mean not that i need more lightsabers i've got so many and with all the cosplays i've got planned i have plenty more to buy but (laughs) um yeah it just seems like the missing puzzle piece to my full experience um there but even so i mean i could there's people a lot of people think that even now that hollywood is still a half day park um but I could spend an entire an entire day open the. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Hollywood as a half day park anymore at all. 
Uh, I mean, my dad still does, and I don't, um, like, I, I get it, I guess, um, especially if the crowds are high. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not the most crazy about Toy Story Land. Like, it's okay. I like it, but it's not perfect. Um, it's more for children, which is fine. Yeah. I do like I, I, Toy Story Mania. is amazing. Though. Um, but, no, I mean, literally. See, I like I love Slinky Dog. I like Slinky Dog if the line is like 45 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I do not... about you guys. I think Aliens is fabulous. Aliens is not, um, it's I mean, fun, Aliens is more fun than people get to sacrifice for. any time <laughs> spent anywhere else to ride. I'm also, I'm also biased because that was my location. <laughs> Um, I mean, if, yeah, if, I could see that. Yeah, I would. I would wait like twenty minutes. I wait twenty minutes for uh, for aliens. I think it's more fun than people give credit for. Um, no, it's it's a good ride for sure. Uh, but Slinky Dog, only if the line is actually moving, no yeah. exceptions. Um, but no, Galaxy's Edge is just it's its own thing, and I could never get tired of it. Like. No matter what, unless they decide to change all of it, then I would be like Disney. No. Well, in terms of changes, those don't always have to be bad. And I think a good question for us to to close on uh, here would be: if you were going to add something to Galaxy's Edge, what would you want? Um, obviously, we're gonna assume once everyone's got vaccinated and that like character interactions are possible, let your imagination run free. Yeah, I would like more characters. Mm. I would definitely like more characters. I would like for Finn and Poe to make an appearance. Um, I feel like it would really add to the experience, um, especially and uh, like just like talking more about like the time period because a lot of people they know it's set during the sequels, but they don't realize like like when it's set during the sequels. And yeah. so a lot of the people are confused about like well why does this person look like this or why does this person have this why is this not the way it is and I feel like uh adding different characters and like the different like just talking about more of like what is going on at this period of time that's a really good idea um I don't know ha having experienced it both ways so when I was there in December um and now uh, I was there in the daytime. And again, you know, I mentioned that at, at, at the top of the show, everything at Disney is better at night. So it, I mean, it, it is a wildly different vibe, um, you know, but I was only in Galaxy's Edge, I think one day this past trip. And even, I mean, for crying out loud, I have the Rebel Alliance logo tattooed into my skin. I, you know, Star Wars is an incredibly important to me, but it didn't have the same vibe during COVID restrictions as it did prior because there was so much more line standing to even get into anything. Like I want, I made it a point to go into the shops uh, because I wanted, oh, I wanted a Black Spire Outpost t-shirt because uh, my daughter uh, had a Black Spire Outpost t-shirt from the previous time that we had been there. And I wanted one to wear, uh, you know, when, when she wears hers. And I like the, I like the vibe of it. I like the look of it. It's really sharp. Um, and I probably stood in line for an hour to buy a t-shirt. Um, Jeez. yeah, just because it's, it's, it's really tight. Like that marketplace is, is, 
it's not spacious. So they can't just let people in and out. Like they have to control the crowd as much for you know, the marketplace there as they do for any of the rides. Um, you know, but thinking back to the first time that I was there uh, in March last year when there weren't the COVID restrictions, I really, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that I would change. Um, I think it's such a resounding success for somebody like me who has waited over 30 years to be able to have a, a you know, real life experience in the Star Wars universe. I don't think that it could have been any better. I really don't. Um, no, I mean, I, I agree for the most part. I think that if I had to change something, um, I, I, I actually would add a couple of different game plays for Smuggler's Run within canon, within the canon like yeah. timeline. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Smuggler's Run only has so much replay value <laughs> like yeah. a video game uh, just because you can either get one zero or two containers of coaxium you can't get three you, ca you can't get all three um it's you know there's only so much differentiation um and a lot of people really don't like engineer organa and i think that we could make those things a little bit more fun yeah for um, context for anyone who hasn't ridden the ride um when you ride it, um, you get assigned to one of three positions. There are two pilots, two um, gunners, and two engineers. And the engineers basically just push buttons that light up. So when like so if the engineer is not doing their job, then the ship starts like breaking as as things are hit. Um, the gunners will shoot down the ties and that that are like coming at you. And um, the uh, pilots are the ones that sort of maneuver the ship as a whole. Well, having um, and said that, I, I feel it's important to point out uh, the first time that I got to be, well, the first time that I was a gunner because I, I pulled rank on the rest of the family. I was like pilot happening first time. I don't care. Um, I sat in the gunner position and I was like, oh, this would be cool, except this was gunner. Like, shoot. Okay. I actually don't mind gunner as much because well, there's still there's an auto aim and there's a manual aim. Oh, is there? Yes. 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 Okay. You have to. It's the very first screen. Um, it's it's putting it on manual is very hard. You have to be like very <laughs> announced on it. Okay. Um, um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't mind Gunner so much. Engineer, hmm. um, uh, that being said, like if your engineer doesn't do his job, it's gonna be a rough ride. Like they all are important to you having yeah. a smooth ride. But I do think that they could find ways to incorporate those two roles a little bit more, a little bit better, and just have a little bit of differentiation uh, with with the story that you get. Um, I don't think that would hurt uh, the the land so much as long as it stayed within the okay. the canon um and then of course i would probably change the the rise of resistance q situation <laughs> you know so, maybe. so on the topic I'm of sure. rise of the resistance um did we want to like review the tips and tricks on how to get a boarding pass like do we want to <laughs> i mean i don't see the difficult thing they changed it for covid it's still relatively i do like that they've opened two windows of opportunity it's yes. not you don't have to be in the park at 6 a.m anymore but 
the last time that I was there, I did not get to ride it because as I was in line, it broke and they sent, there was like, a, well, no, I think some asshole pulled the fire alarm and they just oh kicked everyone God. out for the night. Um, but, um, uh, so, but, you know, I still got my pass and I was the last boarding group, but I was standing right next to a, uh, uh, like a, a mom and her daughter and she had asked me, how do you do this? Um, we were like, right, I was at a table, they were right next to me, and we're both refreshing, 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 and I got it, and they didn't. So, you know, that part of it is just really frustrating. The best advice that I can offer someone who is going is to get there in time to meet both times that are available. So if you don't yes. get the first one, you're there for the second. Um, but it's really just a matter of like, starting to refresh like 15 minutes before <laughs> and maybe probably but eh, still maybe you'll get i don't have any better advice than that because it's really not a perfect system right yeah well so connected for sure i'm yeah. sorry what'd you say lizzie oh we have to make sure a, a big issue is making sure your entire party is connected in the beginning yes. um because i know when I was working for Thrillin and like we'd have a line before park open, people were like, how do I get this? And I'm like, please make sure your entire party is connected on this or you are not getting anywhere. Yeah. And even if like, like if you get like, okay, like five people and then one person doesn't get it, they're not gonna be like, there's nothing gonna be wrong with that. But like a big issue is making sure everybody's connected and as what everybody would say would be to try at the same time I would only, if you have a big group, only have like one or two people try because it's going to glitch out the system and no one's going to get it. Something else that we learned in December was if you have more than one device locked into the same My Disney Experience app, only, or account, uh, only use one of them because um, I hit an error on the loading screen mm -hmm. while I was trying the first day. Um, my wife and my daughter were both logged into my wife's my Disney Experience account. So when my wife hit this screen, which and, it, and something else I noticed is it did pre-check everybody in your party once it got to that screen, which was an improvement of what over what I saw in March, where you had to go, okay, yes, 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 yes. Everybody's checked, which was a time saver. But my wife had gotten no, no my daughter had gotten to the like she had a boarding group it was loaded on the screen we were number whatever and then all of a sudden she got booted out of it because my wife was trying to get into a boarding group on the same account. god right so that's why i only got to ride it once this past trip so we learned from that mm -hmm. and um you know I was torn because initially I thought, oh, it's really cool that we don't have to be in the park for that first boarding group window. You do for the two o'clock. You do have to be in Hollywood Studios for the two o'clock boarding group. Um, you know, but we're like, okay, cool. You know, here from, from the, you know, the hotel room, you know, we were at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And then as I saw how quickly they all went away and I'm like, everybody in the effing park Everybody on property has the opportunity to do the same thing that I'm trying to do. Right. In March, you at least had to get your ass there to have the opportunity. So I think there's there's pros and cons. There's, you know, it's it's better in some ways and it's a little bit more difficult in some ways now. Yeah. And hopefully going forward, they'll make it a little bit more accessible, especially as park traffic 
you know, starts to increase as COVID um, gets a bit more resolved. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess the only thing that I could say confidently that I would change um, is that I, <laughs> this is such a, such a stupid little thing, but um, that I wanted to see, um, there was this like area with shirts that you could buy in like the resistance hideout with like resistance merch. Yeah. I wanted that hidden a little bit more. I was like, I'm I'm so into it. And now there's like a little kiosk and I'm like, yeah. what the heck is that? Like right right when you come off of Rise of the Resistance, there's, you know, there's like a, an open air kiosk right there. So I know exactly what you're In California, because Rise of the Resistance wasn't a thing, but yeah, it was right by the Rise of Resistance yeah. like area. Um, and I was like, oh, that took me out. Okay, <laughs> but. Yeah, and, and it's not even like, gen- like, okay, here, you can buy Poe's helmet. It's $799 <laughs> or 799 credits. Right. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this has overall been a fantastic episode and a great conversation. I'm so glad, even though it was a bit last minute that we put it all together, I'm so glad that you guys were able to come and talk about it because, um, it's been a while since I've been able to talk Disney with someone and I think that even though things are different right now and not everyone can go to Disney it's still nice to dream about it from time to time um but yeah yeah thank you both so much for joining us today um and before we wrap this up um if you guys could just remind everybody how we can find you um uh, everyone if you ha- aren't already craig has this phenomenal game show that he's been doing um that you must <laughs> check out uh so yeah just give us a quick reminder so everyone can go follow you so uh on tiktok and instagram on budget jason statham it's uh, budget underscore jason statham uh and on twitter you can find me on craig underscore conrad perfect and yeah. lizzie um and on i don't really post anything else uh, anywhere else but on tiktok i am uh, lizzie underscore organa uh i post not just star wars stuff recently it's been a lot of anime so if you're into that <laughs> come check it out well great thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with us thank you to you guys for watching or listening wherever you are here um we're on spotify and youtube so it's a little bit of a a twofer but um Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be back next week next week with another episode and may the force may be with the you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.